about prayer, we kind of have three or four subjects that we're rotating through. And I felt I wanted to, I, I wrote down three subjects yesterday. And I so I, and I prayed and prayed and I'd put an X by one thing. That's not it. And the only one that I could put a check by tonight for tonight was prayer. And so we're going to talk about specifically praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And I just want to talk about the Holy Spirit for a minute before we get over into the actual praying part and just talk about, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way that the Holy Spirit is so precious. Now, I didn't always feel this way. I mean, I was never against Him or anything, but I just really didn't know how precious the Holy Spirit was. You know, we did not put a great emphasis on the Holy Spirit in the Baptist church. In fact, the only mention I ever remember of, uh, of the Holy Spirit was two things was when we got baptized, we got baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit or the um, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then we used to sing. And the other only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit in my younger days growing up in the church was uh, the doxology, Spirit of the Living God, fall. Or I think that was, you know, there's a song we sang a lot, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Hallelujah. And so, and also I think that one other thing I just thought of that we knew is we believed that the Holy Spirit was the one that brought conviction on us. And so we were getting convicted all the time in the pews by the Holy Ghost. And um, so I guess that doesn't really make you want to be real close to the Holy Spirit, does it? But uh, And then even after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980, I uh, just really didn't have a great understanding of who the Holy Spirit was and was a little bit confused just didn't want to um, didn't want to give more you know knew that my I was like okay my focus is supposed to be on Jesus and is it wrong for me to focus on the Holy Spirit at all and I remember uh, but when Benny Hinn's book came out Good Morning Holy Spirit it was great controversy over that book because of that very thing because a lot of us weren't aware of if it was even okay to talk to the Holy Spirit and you know he talked about getting up in the morning and saying good morning Holy Spirit and uh, hallelujah but it is okay to talk to the Holy Spirit and it's okay to talk to Jesus, and it's okay to talk to the to to your Father God. But but sometimes the confusion sets in is because the Bible says when we pray, or when we go, specifically when we go to ask, and when we go asking for something, we're to ask the Father in Jesus' name. Uh, but but when, but but in other types of prayer and in other kinds of prayer, it's it's okay to fellowship and talk to the Holy Spirit or fellowship and, and talk to Jesus. You don't have to address everything you say to the Father and then say in Jesus' name. So you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and He wants you to. So the Holy Spirit is pre precious and it's really such a privilege to you and I to be saved and to be a fit vessel for the Holy Spirit to be uh, in us and fill us. Um, in fact, that's one thing that that's one thing that happened to you is salvation is that recreation that that recreated your spirit man, made your spirit man a fit vessel for the Holy Spirit to come in and not only live, but to, to fill you to overflowing um, with the Holy Spirit. So, um, and the Holy Spirit is the one, the, the person of the Godhead, that has been put in charge of overseeing God's plan for your life. 
He's the one in charge of God's plan for your life. God got the plan, but the Holy Spirit's in charge. And he listened. When your father God plans your birth, when he plans your ministry, your prosperity, your personal life, the Holy Spirit listened very careful. Now the Holy Spirit is co-equal to God the Father, Jesus the Son. He's co-equal in every way. And the Holy Spirit, though, is the person of the Godhead that agreed to come and to live and to uh, take up His residence in your spirit. And He came to take up residence in your spirit and to offer His services to you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. He came, He's like, I want to offer what I have to you. And so uh, we should partake of the things of the Holy Spirit every day. The number one reason the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you not the only reason, but the number one reason was he came to pray for you. And the way he prays for you is tongues. That is the way he prays for you. Um, and through tongues, the Holy Spirit prays through and he takes the plan of God and he pours it into you through your spirit. And every time you give the Holy Spirit opportunity, he will pray for your calling. He will be praying out the plan. He will edify you. He will grow you up and He will mature you. And, and as you pray in the Holy Spirit, He will pull you out of everything. Everything that, uh, that Jesus has set you free from. We know Jesus paid the price on the cross. But as you pray in the Holy Spirit, that's how you get pulled out of all those things. And I tell you what, as you pray in the Holy Spirit, He will untangle every messy knot that's in your soul. People, now when people are saved, they're free in their spirit. Their spirit, man's whole, it's 100%, it's sin free. It's not, God cleansed it, recreated it, and then He sealed it. The Bible says in Ephesians, Ephesians, you've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. And so nothing can get into your spirit. So you don't have a, I'm just grieving in my spirit. No, you're not. You're grieving in your soul. You're grieving. You're not, your, your, your spirit is, is right with God. So you're not, those, a lot of stuff that you feel is, that you might think is your spirit, especially negative things, is your soul. And, and so people get their souls all in a tangled up, jumbled up mess. Sometimes after they're saved, but many times before they're saved. I mean, they get all sorts of unforgiveness and hurts and wounds and abuses. People abuse them and people uh, take advantage of children. And then they've got all these knots and, these, and it's like they don't, they, they don't relate to society well. And they, they, they don't relate and they can't love in their marriages. And, and they, you know, they just got all these problems in their emotional realm, their soul. And as we pray in the Holy Ghost, God, Holy Spirit unties all of those knots. Hallelujah. So it's important for people to not only get saved, but get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And if God had His way, just as soon as you got saved, you would get baptized in the Holy Ghost immediately after that. So within about one or two minutes, however long it took to explain it, you would be saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and speaking in other tongues. That is God's perfect will. We have made it a subsequent 20 years after we got saved, we finally got baptized in the Holy Ghost situation. But that wasn't the will of the Father. Hallelujah. And He would start, as we started praying in the Holy Ghost, all of the things that Jesus bought and paid for would begin to be cleared up in our life.
And when Pastor and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, we had, I had some, I don't know about him specifically, but I know I had some tangled up messes in my heart and in my, uh, uh, my soul, not my heart. When I say heart, I'm meaning my soul. And so, um, in my soul, in my mind, I had some tangled up message. And you know, not everything comes just by renewing your mind. It takes a work of the Holy Ghost uh, to, to, to move these situations out. My parents had gone through a nasty, nasty divorce in a little bitty town where everybody talks nonstop about everything that you do, you know. And it was a, it was a, it was a barn burner divorce. I mean, we didn't do it just quiet and easy and, you know. <clears throat> and, uh, and so, you know, I got, I was young married woman, but I still got pretty emotionally tore up through that whole thing. Plus, I had lived in a household all my life where the marriage wasn't good. And so, and I can tell you, as for me, I don't, I don't believe this stuff of stay together for the kids. Now you may, and it may send some situations, but I lived in it, and and uh, hallelujah. But anyway, so I was pretty emotionally tore up from some of those kind of things. And then there were other issues. I, I had been abused by a cousin when I was a little girl. I had been, uh, I mean, there was just a, and none of it was seemed real significant to me. If you asked me, is that a problem? I would say no, but still I didn't, I didn't have real good, I, my emotions weren't really stable or whatever. And, I, and then uh, obviously I had fear issues because in 1984 uh, I was driving Going to Lubbock, Texas, all of a sudden fear just swallowed me up. And from 1984, for several years, I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And uh, Pastor, at the time, I told no one, Pastor was the only one on earth that knew about it. Maybe one other lady. And I don't even, she didn't even know the extent of it. But I didn't tell anybody. So it takes all sorts of emotional issues to try to cover things up all the time. And to make it, you know, uh, I'm sure my kids knew I was, you know, fighting battles, but they never knew the situation. And so, but, but through praying in tongues, God set me free from all of these things. And that fear, what you say, well, you were already baptized in the Holy Ghost, y'all. But that fear was in there all the time. And God actually waited till I was ready to handle it, to let it manifest he let it manifest when I was ready to handle it. I couldn't have handled it before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And even before I, and I had gotten my feet under me and I'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost about four years. And he let it manifest at that time because he knew I could handle it. And I did. I, I handled it myself. I worked my way through it. I never went to a doctor. I never took a Zantac or anything else. I don't know. They don't know if they had those then, but they'd have given me something. Hallelujah. And uh, I didn't. I knew that wasn't the way to handle it for me. I'm not criticizing people that take those, but I'm just saying, sometimes you're going to have to deal with it without medicine. So I thought, I'm just going to deal with this up front. Okay, so through this praying in the Holy Ghost is how you work out those messy, messy situations in your life and also in your relationships and stuff is through the praying in the Spirit. So... Um, you can pray in the Spirit supernaturally, and you can do it. You know what? It's up to you. You can do it one hour. You can do it 12 hours for in a day, but it doesn't matter 
It's up to you. God's not going to make you. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you. But God, the Holy Spirit, will create every single word you pray. See, sometimes because our prayer language is a little... I mean, do you ever find yourself saying the same words because you kind of have a... Well, because it's that way, we tend to think... We, can, we tend to discredit our prayer language a lot. We don't really realize the power of it in heaven and how God takes those words and He interprets them. And He applies them in any way that He chooses to see fit. You may be uh, agreeing with somebody in... in Zimbabwe or something. You may be agreeing with somebody in Korea or somewhere like that. Because you don't always know what you're praying, but you're letting the Holy Spirit use you. And He uses that prayer language that you speak as you sit and pray or, or sit in the rocker and pray or walk and pray in tongues. He uses it to, to uh, pray for your church. He uses it to pray for your family. He uses it to pray for your um uh, all the situations. Hallelujah. But one reason we go ahead and pray and he says we pray in English is because if we didn't pray in English, we would never know if we prayed for our family. We would never know if we prayed for our church. We wouldn't know for sure what we prayed for. But don't 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 ever forget that God uses every word and every word is perfect. You cannot mess up in tongues. And so uh, and he takes these words and he disperses them and uses them as he needs to and as he sees fit. And so it's a very powerful thing to pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see what else. We're just inter introducing right here. Hallelujah. So it's your choice to pray or to not to pray. It amazes me how many people don't use their prayer language. Hallelujah. But every time you choose to pray, you are going to come out more edified. You're going to have more of His plan and purpose and will. And if you've ever wondered why some people just seem to get into the will of God, I've had somebody say to me, yeah, but you got to pastor when you were 28 years old. And I said, yeah, because we prayed it out. Me and Dad gave ourselves to prayer and prayed it out. That's why we got to. And so as... Uh, uh, and, uh, and you know, we weren't perfect at it, and we don't, we haven't always done it as much as we should be. But I can tell you that since we got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980, there hadn't been a day that we didn't speak in tongues, some, you know, and some days more than others. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I will tell you that sometimes the reason you aren't able to pray in tongues long is because you don't just, if you, if you pray you'll, and, and you keep praying, eventually you'll hit a gusher. Brother Hagin used to call it hitting a gusher. And if you never get to the gusher, once you hit the gusher, you could pray all day. And I don't hit the gusher every day because sometimes it's like, no, I got to get up and go to the dentist. I, I can't pray. I can't pray all day. But, you know, I, I practice praying in tongues. And when I go to the dentist, I pray on the way. And when I, uh, m more than I even listen to CDs, and I love to listen to the word being taught, but many times coming to church, I've got 25 minutes getting over here is what it takes me. And I've got, that's 25 minutes. I'll, I'll, a lot of times I will pray in tongues. So uh, you're going to, you pray out the plan of God. God. More of his plan and purpose will be unfolded for you and your, your family. God's plan for you is in the spirit realm. And this Holy Spirit prays the mind of God concerning you. The more you pray in tongues, the more circumstances will line up. 
natural, the natural realm is forced to become subordinate to spiritual laws. As we pray and continue to pray, everything that doesn't belong in His plan for us begins to fall away. Everything that doesn't belong in His plan for us begins to fall away. As we pray, the Holy Spirit continually searches our soul and removes everything contrary to the will of God. That's how you get, uh, 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 you know, uh, things that you know you shouldn't be listening to or doing or watching on TV. If you pray in tongues, that stuff, will, your desires will change. You won't have to, oh, okay, I'm going to turn this off, but it's really hard, and I really want to, oh, God. And, and, you know, you won't be like that when you give up things. It'll be like, you know, I don't like this anymore because you've pray I just don't want to watch that, or I don't want to see that. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the more you pray in tongues, the more you're just released uh, freely. Um, and as you pray in tongues, the good plan of God is dropped in and the, those yucky things are taken out. See, because tongues is an exchange. Yeah, when you pray in tongues, an exchange is being made in the spirit man. You cannot, and this is one, if, 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 if you remember one thing tonight, remember this. You cannot discover the purpose of God for your life just by reading the word. You cannot discover the will, the, the will of God or the plan of God for your life just by reading the Word. I discover the plans by the personal inward work of the Holy Spirit. The reason you can't discover the will of God for your life just by reading the Word is because the plan of God for your life is not in the Word. It doesn't say nothing about Tuscaloosa in the Word. There's not a, a, a book of billings in the Word where I could just talk like, wouldn't that be nice? Just turn over to the book of billings and read, well, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. Wow, wow, wow. No, those things are discovered as we pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You'll discover the plans, the purposes, and the will of God for your life. And if you want to keep growing and going, that's how you'll do it. <clears throat> in your spirit is a great reservoir of wisdom and counsel, and it is released through tongues. The wisdom of God, the counsel. We can declare all we want to. We can declare prosperity is mine. Healing is mine. And we can even get really good at it. We can say scripture. We can say, by his stripes I am healed. But let me ask you something. How are you going to manifest that prosperity? You're going to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can declare it all the time. But until you pray in tongues and pray out the plan, you won't manifest that prosperity. Because it's not just something flying into the room and landing in your house. Wow, isn't that nice? That's not how it's coming, folks. It's coming by a plan. It's coming by a plan, and, and we have to discover the plan. Satan can only be combated by the wisdom of God received through the Holy Spirit. Satan has many weapons, and you are, we are no match for them. He has a whole arsenal of weapons, and we're no match for them but by the wisdom that we receive through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. you got to have the... See, you can't just start... And I've heard Joyce Meyer talk about this. You can't just start binding and loosening and, and casting out and resisting. And you can't do that. It's just the devil knows you don't know what you're doing. Hallelujah. But as you get the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit, you can, uh, you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Amen.
Hallelujah. So the question is tonight, will we use what he has given us? Because it is very precious, this praying in tongues. And uh, we're going to go now to some scriptures. And uh, let's start with Isaiah 28. I want to look at all the scriptures in the Bible uh, that talk directly about tongues. Now, there's many scriptures that talk indirectly about tongues. Basically, just about every scripture that says anything about in the spirit, you can put tongues it has to. It, it is really about praying in tongues. If it talks about in the spirit, but here's the ones that directly talk about it. In Isaiah twenty-eight eleven is the first one. Let's just pray in the spirit a minute. Shalaba si kitaka bohoshe, alebete kibrata kohoshe kibrata kohoshe, ila bahasha kabrasha kobohoshe, ara brata kohoshe, hole teki hose. Okay, that's enough. Or y'all is Isaiah twenty-eight eleven. It says, "For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people." To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Okay, go to John 4, 24, and you can pray in tongues as you go. Okay, here we are. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, you know, uh, it's talking about two things here. This is kind of one that's more indirect. But when he's talking about in truth, that means we're worshiping him in English with the truth that we know or the truth that's in the word of God. But when we worship in the spirit, we have to we have to go over to tongues. I mean, to worship him uh to, to, to worship him just out of the hymnal and uh, nothing wrong with that and it's good there's some great hymns I've been me and pastor been singing hymns today uh, and uh, but to worship but but that's do you, do you understand that's uh, that's with our understanding that's not with our spirit hallelujah although it affects our spirit it affects our spirit greatly because it's truth hallelujah you have to pick carefully when you're going to worship with hymns and you have to pick carefully if you're going to use our songs too it's not just the baptists that get bad songs and uh, hymns that say unbelieving things hallelujah I, and not, a lot of things that's in hymns uh, is that the reason they're wrong is because um, it's not who we are in Christ. It comes from the perspective of I'm a sinner instead of I'm already saved. And or, or I'm, and, it, and it's, you sing about being lost instead of uh, singing about who I am in Christ and who I've been made. And that's really usually what's wrong with any hymn, that there's something wrong uh, with it. Amen. And of course, some hymns could be straightened out if we stopped and explained them before we sang them. Just like some of these songs that we sing, you know, we could sing more if we could, but you can't take time to stop and explain them. And then some of the younger people in the congregation that have not been around a while wouldn't even catch on then. And so it's better just to sing the truth and all that, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Uh, just like uh, Amazing Grace. Uh, great song says it saved a wretch like me well okay I was a wretch but I'm not a wretch but okay so as long as everybody in the congregation knew you're singing about the old man that's fine but some people think you're singing about right now I'm just a wretch and so we just had to mess the word we changed the words and we just had to um, 
uh, saved and set me free, some people say. Saved someone like me. I've heard them say saved and set me free, which either one is good. Hallelujah. Uh, <coughs> Acts 10, 46. Glory to God. So when we pray and when we, when, we when we worship in the Spirit, worship Him in the Spirit, that's why He gave us our prayer language. That's why He baptized us in the Holy Ghost, so we could worship Him in the Spirit. And I can tell you it makes a great deal of difference. I worshiped Him for 28 years with my understanding, and I never got very far. And you will have to admit the same thing that you, we know all the hymns by heart. There's hardly anybody in here that couldn't sing them. Eric probably can't. He was raised in a faith church. But, and, and Anita, she probably couldn't sing a bunch of hymns. But uh, uh, the, they're the only ones that didn't grow up in it pretty much. And, uh, but I didn't get very far worship him in my understanding. But when I started worshiping him in the spirit. Okay, we're at Acts 10.46. And this is another reference. It says, for they, heard, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And we won't read the rest. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There goes back to worshiping in the Spirit that, that, that when we pray in tongues, we're magnifying God. Well, that's one of the things we're doing when we pray in tongues is we're magnifying God. Hallelujah. I want us to, I want to get us all to the point, and I want to get to the point where we're not embarrassed of tongues. That they're the ones that are odd because they don't speak in tongues, not we're odd because we do. That's really, when they get to heaven, they're going to be the oddballs. It's like, you didn't speak in tongues? Well, what was wrong with you? Hallelujah. Because listen, family, this is Bible doctrine just as much as salvation. It is just as much Bible as salvation. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, the whole chapter is just about, is about tongues. But a lot of it is about, see, there's three kinds of tongues, really. There's your prayer language tongues, and then there's the tongues that has to be interpreted, and that's more the church, how the tongues is used in the church. And then I'm kind of blank what the other one is. I, I didn't write that down. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, I'll think of it in a minute. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Well, now there is a very big key about tongues. Now, the way this scripture is written, it nearly makes you have a negative connotation of tongues. I don't know if that's because the King James interpreters in 16, what, 11? Is that what it was? In 1611, when they reinterpreted the King James Bible, if they weren't tongue talkers. Probably weren't, maybe not. And so they kind of, seems like the language they used put sort of a slant that made it seem like negative. Uh, but it's not a neg it shouldn't be a negative thing to us. Um, and so uh, I think when, when, when you're a lot of people that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost read this and they go, see there, this is negative. But anyway, it says, we don't speak to men, we speak, un we speak unto God. That's a positive. But for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now this is so powerful that when we pray in tongues, we are speaking mysteries. Glory to God for that. And then drop down to verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, now this is where a lot of times people get a negative slant on it. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. 
but he that prophesies edifies the church. This is not con not supposed to be a negative statement. It's just two, it's just a comparison. It's that when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up, you edify yourself up. But they have a lot of times interpreted it that, well, it makes you prideful if you speak in tongues. It's not talking about edify, like I'm edifying myself. I'm being, I'm just, you know, cocky about myself. But that's not the kind of edifying it's talking about. It's talking about that you build yourself up. It's actually talking about uh, getting stronger. When you, uh, when a muscle, when a guy that exercises, whatever they do, muscle builder or whatever, when they build themselves up, they're getting stronger. Hallelujah. And so when we pray in tongues, edifying ourselves, we're getting stronger. We're becoming stronger Christians and we're actually growing. And that could explain why a lot of people don't grow and some people don't grow very fast. You'll grow a lot faster if you speak in tongues a lot. And uh, you will uh, get stronger a lot faster too. And then it says, uh, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So this is just a comparison that when you're prophesying, it builds up the church or makes the church stronger. Hallelujah. And so a little bit probably of a misunderstanding there. Verse 14, dropping down. Now this all is about tongues, but we're not going to read it all because a lot of this in here is about speaking in tongues in the church and the interpretation and how you should do that. Kind of the etiquette of it, if you would. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. So it's not your head, it's your spirit praying. But my understanding or my head, my mind is unfruitful unfruitful. People have turned that to be a negative. Well, see there, your mind is, is unfruitful. Well, you have to be kind of, that just shows a limited understanding. You have to be thinking your mind is more important than your spirit to make that a negative. Well, see there, your mind's not fruitful. But that, that's, that's the best thing that can happen to your mind is that your mind don't start trying to bear fruit or start trying to talk or start trying to tell what it thinks or give its interpretation of the situation, but, but that your spirit is the one that actually prays. It's so much better to pray with your spirit than it is to pray with your mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 15. Or did I read all of 14? Yeah. 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Now we talked about that a little bit before. We do need to pray with our understanding so we'll know we prayed. For one thing. Hallelujah. We'll kind of know what we covered that day. So one thing I like to do, and I'm not, I didn't get this from the Bible, but I seem like I'm led by the Spirit and it bears witness with my heart and helps me. I'll just say, well, now I just lift up, I might just say, I just lift up Garland and Annette today. And I, so I know I'm praying for them, but I don't really, but I don't know what they need. So I may just start, So I prayed for Garland and Annette, but I don't know what they need, but I know somebody that does know exactly what they need. Hallelujah. And I could put my spin on what I think they need, but it might be right and it might be wrong. Did you ever uh, misunderstand somebody? Did you ever, somebody gave a look and you thought, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you find out later, that wasn't what they were thinking. It never even crossed their mind. We're not as good at reading people as we think. And the best thing we could do is not read people and not judge. I've got myself, you know, well, did you see how they, boy, look how they were acting tonight. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Mm. Hallelujah. So, um, 
So verse 15, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. Hallelujah. And I will sing with the understanding also. Now, you know, singing with your understanding, it can renew your mind and it encourages you. It, uh, it blesses your understanding. We need to have a time when we bless our mind. Hallelujah. But we can also sing in the Spirit. Amen. Okay, Ephesians 6.18. Okay, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, if you're going to pray always, you're going to have to pray in the Spirit, son. Hallelujah and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I want to tell you something. If you're going to pray always, you're going to have to use tongues. If you're going to pray for all saints, let me tell you something. You don't know all the saints. Let me say, tell you something. All the saints aren't just sitting here in this room and people you know. There's some people that you don't even think are saints or that are saints. And there's some people you, we've never even thought of. There's countries. I hear all the time, I hear somebody call the name of a country, and I thought, I'd never heard of that country before. You know, we get to thinking we know a lot more than we do. But when I can pray in the Spirit, I can pray for all saints. Amen? So we're to pray for all saints by praying in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Jude 20. Shalabasi kibrata gobohoshe kibrete kisili tizana namoho sede ara brata gobohoshe kibrata gohose ara bohoshe kibrata gohose te kihosa. Okay? I think we're going to start preaching like this all the time. I kind of like that. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then it goes on to the part that we hardly ever read. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That all goes together there. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's a real positive thing about building up yourselves. Now, I'm gonna, I don't know how far we'll get, but I got a bunch of stuff wrote down. So we'll go a little longer because it's just 10 till uh, about uh, some things that praying in the Spirit does or praying in tongues does. In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, right where we were, I'm going to slip back over there. You don't have to or you can. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18 says, Ha, ha, ha. Praise God. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. That was Paul talking there. And Paul wrote most of the New Testament. So where did he get that revelation? to write the whole New Testament nearly. He got it from praying in tongues. By observation, hallelujah, I have just noted that the people I know that are saved but don't pray in tongues, they don't have any revelation. Very much, not very much revelation at all. Now you just think about all the people you know that are, maybe they're even baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you know they don't really pray in tongues. You don't ever hear them say, well, why? you ought to seen what the Lord uh, uh, showed me today. You don't hear them say, wow, I tell you, I just saw that for the first time in the Bible. I mean that just, or you don't ever hear them say, man, the Lord said to me, you hardly ever, they, 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 if you don't pray in tongues, basically, we can surmise here from what the Bible says and from our own observation that if you don't pray in tongues, you're not going to have hardly any revelation, if any. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. So, Kenneth E. Hagin said, The primary way I learned the Bible was on my knees praying in other tongues. The primary way I learned the Bible was on my knees praying in other tongues. Tongues actually stir up the Spirit. And that's where revelation originates. You know, 1 Timothy 1.6 says to stir up the gift of God that is within you. Now, have you ever thought about that? We know we're told to stir up the gift of God that is within us, but how in the world are we going to stir up the gift of God? If you think about that, there's not any other way to stir up the gift of God that's in you but by praying in the Spirit. And some of us never have prayed in the Spirit enough to even figure out what the gift is. I can tell you, if you'll pray in the Spirit longer, you'll, the, the, the gift of God that's in you will start to come to light. And you'll know what your callings are. Hallelujah. And I say callings. Praise God. The re revelation is of the Spirit. It's not of the head. It originates in the Spirit. Revelation originates in your Spirit, and then it arrives in your head. So it's here first. Did you know your spirit man already knows your complete calling and the complete plan of your life? It knows everything about you already. But how am I going to get that out? Because I need to know some things. And you know, uh, praise God. That's how we do it, by praying in tongues. The number two thing is 1 Corinthians 14, 4. We're right there and we already read it. He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So edify means to build up. It does not mean to puff up. Hallelujah. Actually, in the Greek, it means charge, charge up, charges himself up. And put that with Jude 20, which says, A man when, when, when praying in the Spirit, building up yourself on your most holy faith, or charging up your faith, you might could say. It's a spiritual edification, and it's really growth. Hallelujah. Uh, do you know a lot of Christians that aren't growing very much? I do. I know a lot. Of, I, I come in contact with people as I go to the beauty shop and I go to the dentist and I go places with people and I come in contact with them, you know, every other every six weeks or every uh, two times a year, some of them. And I find that, I find, and they're Christians, but they're not growing. They're not changing. Nothing's changed. You can tell they're not changing. I do have one situation where the woman did begin to change. Uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. First, th number three, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. The Moffat's translation says he speaks divine secrets. I like to know secrets, don't you? I'd like to know God's secrets. And it's so good that when you're praying in tongues, you're praying about God's secrets. Hallelujah. You're actually playing, praying the plans and purposes of God. Man cannot understand you when you speak in tongues. That's good. It's good that you can't understand yourself. Hallelujah. Because you know what? Sometimes your spirit needs to pray about some things that your head's not ready to think about yet. You know, our spirit had to pray about moving to Alabama long before we could have handled God telling us we was going to move to Alabama. If 15 years ago, we've been here 14 years, but 15 years ago, if you'd have said you're going to move to Alabama, I'd have said you're a liar. I'll be here the rest of my life, right here in Seminole, Texas, when Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. But in my spirit, I probably had been praying about it for years. In fact, I know for certain I had been praying about it for years. And when the time was right and we could handle it, you know, God began to... And He didn't show us all at once. He had to start easy on us. You know, He said, uh, first He said, hook up with three men. 
And then he gave us about two months to think about that with our little minds. And then he said, he said, I'm going to begin to change your vision in three ways. Hallelujah. And then we, that really got our interest. And we're like, oh, what is he going to do? We still hadn't hit us. Hallelujah, that we were going to move. And then in the fifth month of starting this process, we went to Tulsa to some meetings. And as soon as we got into town, this overwhelming desire to move came on me. I thought it was the devil. I really did. I said, devil, get behind me. And I thought I was because I had gotten upset with one of our staff members. It wasn't mine. Hallelujah. I'd gotten kind of upset right before we left. And I thought I was just mad. I said, you're just mad, Debbie. Just you picture. But you know what? It was the Holy Ghost. And so we looked around and said, are we moving to Tulsa? Hallelujah. Because that's where we were when that feeling came. And God doesn't lead us by feelings, of course, but uh, he's just getting us ready. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so um, it's good when our own mind can't understand us. But let me tell you something even better. It's when Satan can't understand you. Because the minute you, and sometimes it's good when you know something to just pray in tongues for a while before. You know the worst thing you can do is start blabbing something God tells you to everybody. Well, you know, I, I, we're moving. Well, then everybody starts putting their opinion on it for one thing. And then for other things, they st and they start telling you, and that will discourage you. Hallelujah. And you know, if they know you after the flesh, if, if they say now, you know, well, God says, Wanda, you're going to go and you're going to preach in Africa. And you told some people, even in this church, who love you and are faith people, and we really do believe in you. But our heads would get in the way. And we'd say, now, Wanda, she don't need to be going over there. That, you know, because... And, 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 and we would, also, we would transfer all our fears to her, you know, and it would just mess everything up. So we, don't, we need to pray in tongues about things until we pray it out, until we know that we know that we know, and, and nobody on the face of this earth could talk us out of it. And you know, sometimes that kind of hurts people's feelings a little bit. When we finally knew we were moving to Alabama, the Lord gave us specific directions. He said, tell your mother... When, you hit, when we got to that back from Tulsa, where we heard the final thing, when we knew it was Alabama. We knew we were moving, but we didn't know where. But when we knew it was Alabama, he said, tell your mother as soon as you get home. And then he told us what night to go tell his parents. And he said, don't tell your grandmother and don't tell your daddy. Now, you know, all of you go, oh, that's so sad. I could just feel that. Oh, that's sad. You didn't tell your daddy. But, you know, I couldn't. Hallelujah, because Granny would have just that would have not been good for Granny to know, and if Daddy knew, Granny would know, and it was just so. You know, when they found out, was when the whole church did. Hallelujah. So, but we, you have to you have to wait till you're strong, because you do you have to be aware of how powerful your emotions are. They are very powerful, and your own emotions will talk you out of the will of God. And when your emotions have the help of other people and they're all crying and you're going to leave and all that kind of stuff, you know, or whatever it is, or you're going to, boy, you're going you're gonna to quit your job and start preaching. Oh, my, 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 my. And the economy like it is right now. You know, oh, they can fill you with unbelief. Hallelujah. You got to wait till you know that you know and you pray in tongues till you do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, so, praise the Lord. Let's stop there tonight. Oh, there's, I, there, I got, you know, that was four, wasn't it? Well, I got 28 more.
things that happen when you pray in tongues. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, let's do. Let's come up around the altar and let's pray in tongues. Why don't you turn those lights down a little bit? I, we pray better in the dark. You know, that's a really a big prayer tip. If you are distracted trying to pray, now you can't do this if you're real sleepy, but if you're distracted and you'll turn out all the lights, your mind can't think about nothing. Or if you'll go to a part of your house, because, you know, I tell you, the pretty flowers sometimes will distract you. So you go to a part of your house that, doesn't, that has blank walls or something. Or, or there's no windows in that room. You can go over further. So we're going to get the lights down. Hallelujah. That's good. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray in the Spirit. We're going to pray out the plans of God that He has for you in the next two months. Hallelujah. Praise God.